Today's episode of Bachelor Party is brought to you by 90 Day Fiance Before the 90 Days. It's a great show. With an engagement ring on one hand and a passport on the other, seven Americans will try and prove that romance isn't dead. It's just 5,000 miles away. After falling in love online, these singles are now flying halfway around the world to meet their potential soulmate for the very first time. Will it be an epic love story or an epic disaster? Find out now on the new season of 90 Day Fiance Before the 90 Days, Sunday at 8 on TLC or streaming on TLC Go. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Hotel Tonight. If you love to score amazing deals at incredible hotels, you'll love Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight partners with hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, helping you find sweet deals at cool top-rated hotels. Even though their name's Hotel Tonight, you can also book in advance for spontaneous weekend getaways, staycations, three-day weekends, road trips, business bookings, and more. It's easy. Book hotels in 10 seconds in just three taps and a swipe. Get the hotel app tonight now to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels. That's Hotel Tonight, the only booking app you need. Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Juliette Littman. Yeah, the Bachelor's still on, but I really want to talk about Jersey Shore today. That's because... On TheRinger.com, today we launched a new project called The 100 Best TV Episodes of the Century. We put so much thought into it. We put a lot of hard work. And because I work here, I demanded some reality TV. Just kidding. We all agreed that reality TV has a place in our wonderful TV landscape of the last 18 years, including in the top 20. Spoiler alert, Survivor's in the top 10. And just outside of it, at number 14, we have the Jersey Shore premiere episode you should go back and watch it because it is honestly mind-blowing. It's so hard to believe there's ever a time without Jersey Shore because it feels so central to me, but it was brand new in December of 2009. It was ushered into this world by way of MTV and Sally Ann Salzano, who we've had on the show before, and I had to call her back to talk about this fantastic premiere episode that really was a game changer and a paradigm shifter. So we're going to get into that in a few moments. We'll be back on Thursday talking about the mental all and looking forward to the finale on Monday. But first, here's my conversation with Sally Ann Salzano. Sally Ann, thank you so much for calling. How are you? Good. How are you, Julia? Good. Let's talk about the Jersey Shore premiere. Is that cool? Totally. Ready to party. Oh my God. Great. So in the premiere, um, we get to see all eight of them arriving in the house. And I just was curious how you found them and who was cast first and like how the pieces were put together. I w- the first person we had, so originally the show was like, um, there's a network executive at VH1. Her name is Shelly Tatro. And Tatro called me and she goes, dude, you're the biggest Guido I know. We want to do a show based on Guidos. But at the time it was like, what do you call it? Um, like all those like house elimination shows, like all the yeah. flavors and the tealers and all that shit was what was really resonating with people. So they had wanted to do a, a you know, a competition elimination show, like tanning, fist pumping, dancing. And I was like, no way. I'm like, it's not going to be good. And I'm like, and then everyone's going to be like making fun of the Guido. And I was like, listen, I know like, I didn't realize it, but I'm like, I guess as a Guido, like we cannot make fun of that, you know? Um, and I didn't think it would be really good. So she was like, well, it's an area I just want you to focus on. See if you can come up with something. And I literally was like thinking about my life. And I'm like, God, we used to go to the Jersey Shore and party. But I was up going in an uphill battle because all the shows like Real World and like Bachelor, if you think about every cast and reality show, it was always like get a bunch of totally different people in a house 
and let their different, you know, let their differences be what is enjoyable to watch. And I was like, you know what? I got to be honest with you. Like, I never really get into it with a stranger because, you know, you're raised differently, you're from different places, and it's just interesting to hear people's point of view. But if I'm with one of my friends or something, and we both come at it from the same place and we disagree, you tend to go at it harder. And I was like, I was in a shore house with Guido's every summer, and it was fucking gnarly, funny, ridiculous, lifelong friends, all of it. I'm like, that's got to be it. Let's just do a summer share. <laughs> and that's what we used to call them, like share houses. Yeah. Right? So, and at the time, there was no Facebook. There was no internet. We would like drive to realtor offices, like in Belmar, Matasquan, Seaside, look at houses, see what's available. And it would be like, all right, we need a whole house. We need a quarter share. We need a half share. We want to get a house that's already half filled with guys. Like whatever it was, and you're trying to hit up these, like, old lady realtors to be like, hey, what do guys look like that are in this house? Do you know if they're single? And, like, it was always a crapshoot on what you got. And I'm like, that was so much fun. Like, we did it in the Hamptons, too. You know, you do that half share, quarter share, whatever, depending on how much money you had. And um, we went back and pitched it. And at first, you know, we were up against, it was a little bit tough because everyone's like, well, no, the whole reason the real world and all that works is because everybody's so different. If you put all people in the house that are the same, they're going to get along. I'm like, I got to be honest, it's the opposite. <laughs> I actually think it's going to be a little bit crazier. I'm like, I've lived this. Like now, like on all these other shows, I'm like, that I've ever worked on, I'm like, it was a matter of, I think this will work. It'll be fun. This was like, a, I'm telling you, I've done it six times, and each time it's been a different kind of crazy. <laughs> um, and so we, we kind of like gave it, they gave us a world at VH1, and then at the time, MTV was struggling in ratings, right? And the last time that it happened, we had sold to VH1 a shot at love. And then they were like, listen, good news is we're picking up the show. The bad news, not bad news, but the news is, is that you're moving to MTV. And I was like, okay, I was just happy to have a show, you yeah. know? And that really resurrected, because aside from Jersey Shore, the show that rated the best was a shot at love. Right. So I was like, oh, God, could you imagine if once again, like, we're able to help? That would be amazing. So along came Jersey Shore. MTV's in a little bit, you know, hills and valleys for everyone. And Jersey Shore was the show that, like, got them the recognition to pull them out. Again, you know, that just got eyeballs to the network. Right. And um, it was interesting because when they came to me from VH1, they had one person on tape as a prototype. Like, this is the kind of guy we're talking about. And the guy was the situation. Oh, my God. <laughs> we got a situation. And my, there was a guy there named Anthony Beltempo who found the situation. And I was like, okay, this guy's amazing, but, like, there's a bazillion of them. Like, I know all <laughs> these guys. Like, I'm like, he is not. And it's funny because when you're in California, people are like, what's a Guido? What's this? And, you know, you're trying to describe it. And, like, People are like, do you mean a Persian? I'm like, oh, my God, I'm a Guido. I'm like an East Coast Persian, right? Like, we're all the same. Right. And it's, like, funny, but, like, um, you know, it's all about, like, white Mercedes, gold chains. I, but that's how, like, how I was raised. Cadillac, all of it, you right. know? Um, and it was interesting. And then from that point on, we just did, like, an open casting, but then we also went to what I call their natural habitat, right? Like, mm -hmm. one in doubt, just go to where you know the Guidos are. So 
and we went to the shore. I think it was like Memorial Day weekend. And, you know, we that's when we found like Snooki. Like, even Snooki, if you ask her, she's like, I don't even remember. I'm like, yeah, because the next day she calls, she's like, Who, whose number is this? We're like, oh, geez. <laughs> um, she was like on a tear in the bar. And we're like, that girl's amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she was just owning it. And there's something to seeing people out and what they're like. Like, anyone could say anything in a casket. But, like, if right. you go out with someone and you meet their friends and family and stuff like that, you really get a sense of who they are. And I think, you know, we went from thousands to hundreds and then from hundreds to 50, then met 50, and then took, like, 20 and went to their homes and met their families and, like, went out with them one night and that kind of a thing. And, and that's how we came to what the cast was. Who was the most surprising when you were, when you were like, oh, I don't know if they're going to make it, but they ended up being, uh, like, just winning you over somehow? Well, it's funny, you know, we got into a lot of stuff, and, like, there was a big debate on what's Guido, right? Because yeah. Wow's not Italian. Right. So that was, like, a big thing. I'm like, I just love her. I just love her. And I was like, but she's not Italian. I'm like, it doesn't matter. And I actually think me being from Long Island and Wow being from Long Island actually helped that, because I was like, it doesn't matter. And that's when, like, the whole thing came. I'm like, you don't understand. I'm like, it's a state of mind. My producer's like, you're literally going mental. <laughs> but I'm like, it is what it is. I'm like, one of my best friends was Irish, and she was a giant queen at blonde hair, blue eyes. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, it's not about that. It really is. It's a lifestyle. It's a mindset. It's, it's, a, it's a celebration of a way that you want to live. Sure. You know, and it's a sense of pride, and it's a sense of family, like, um, when someone says to me, like, they're a Guido, to me, it's like family's important, hard work ethic. You know, there's just certain things that come to mind, but I think that's if you're on the inside. And I think when we first started, people thought, like, we were only describing what was on the outside, but being a Guido is like a mental thing as well. Right. Were you um, nervous about sort of having the word Guido be so central to the premiere and just sort of like so identify what the show is about? Because you, you did mention like a little hesitation at first. Um, how did you end up reconciling that? And how do you how do you feel well, about it now? Me, I have to be honest. It, it was more the way that they wanted to do the show originally, like in a house as a competition. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's almost like it's just going to be ridiculous. Like my hair is bigger than his hair. Yeah. And that's not what it's about. Like. I was like, I can't go down that path because I do feel like that's celebrating life, love, family, food, you know, um, culture. I was okay with. And it's funny. It's the opposite. I didn't realize, and maybe this makes me like, I don't know, a Guido, but like, I didn't realize that that was a derogatory term because in my household, it was not. Right. Like my dad, like a sanitation worker, drove a triple black Cadillac, rag top, the whole bit. You know what I mean? Sure. And it was, we would just say, like, I wore a black satin jacket that said number one Guida in high school. Like, hands down, those pictures are out there. They exist. Like, real stuff. So, it was really a positive thing where I was from. And the original contract that all the kids signed, what they signed up for was a show called Guido's. Oh, interesting. Like, that was the title of the show. Wow. And every, like, Every location we went to, everyone signed a release saying, I'm going to let the show name Guido. So here, our graphics were done. Our graphics were called Guido. Everything. And then all of a sudden, the Italian, you know, we started talking about people like, this might be derogatory. And we were like, what? And it's funny because the then president of MTV's name, Tony DeSanto, 
him and I were like, it's derogatory, what? <laughs> but we really saw the people, it could be, but the two of us saw it as a positive thing. But, you know, it's not about you. You know, when you're putting a show on television, you have to be sensitive and talk about, you know, think about everybody. Right. So I was like, you know what? The Jersey Shore is a place. And, you know, and that's the thing when getting over the hump with JWOW, even like, of, you know, being Irish and from Long Island, it was like, you know, the show's not called I'm from New Jersey. The show's not called I'm Italian. The show's called Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore is a place on the East Coast for sure. Yeah. And all types of people go there, but there are some people that try and deny it. But like, I would say it's heavily, heavily populated with people like this. Right. Right. I do. I, I mean, and I grew up going there with my family. Like, it was a big family vacation spot. And it still is. Yeah, totally. I think it's actually kind of a, a, something that contributes to it is I, I'm from New York as well. I live in L.A. now. And I didn't realize until I left the Northeast that sort of like the my family has a vacation destination and we go here every summer is actually pretty unique to the area. I don't think um, like in all parts of the country people do that. Like my family went to Cape Cod. Like we do that every summer. I think that even that sort of like the seasonality of it like also contributes to a very distinct subculture that is again like unique to this group of people and um, is not necessarily like universal which I think only made the show like more fascinating for people because it's sort of like you, you right. do this all the time is like oh okay <laughs> like that doesn't really exist yeah, in LA like, we dreamt of it like you weren't trying to go to the Bahamas you were trying to get to the shore right you know and like it, it was normal and, and and that's another thing it's like you know being down there like season one was obviously shot in Seaside right. then season two we shot Miami and then the next summer we shot like a year later we were back in you know the following summer we yeah. were back in Seaside shoot season three and while we were there, it's like so many, the t-shirt shops started getting mobbed and there were so many people out there. And we're like, where are all these people coming from? And it was like all these families from like, you know, Indiana, Iowa, Ohio, all different places, which is something that like they never saw before in tourism. And I'm a busybody and kind of nosy. So I was like talking to everybody and we were trying to figure it out. And, the town was mobbed in a way that it hadn't been in years because of the success of the show. And people were coming down to get a look at the kids and also to experience the clubs and restaurants and bars that they were experiencing and the boardwalk. And it was interesting. A lot of, so I was talking to the parents. They're like, I don't know. My kids watch the show Jersey Shore. When we were talking about family vacation, this is where they wanted to come this year. We didn't even know it existed. Right. So, like, you know, it's not on your radar unless you are in that Northeast. So I do think that that, it really does open up your eyes, like, to your point, seasonality, but even this mere existence of it. Right. Yeah, it's like, it was something that I think people genuinely didn't know about. And for people who did know about it, there was also, like, a level of, like, wow, like, this is similar to in my experience, but it's, like, same, same, but different, you know? Like, it's like, yeah, I recognize that kind of, like, oh, we're going away for the summer, but it's a totally different location. <laughs> um, you, just touched totally. on you just touched on something that I was really curious about. And what, what was your first inkling when the show, the show um, premiered in December of 2009? I'll, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget Mike saying, we got a situation, ta talking about his abs. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, you can't make that shit up. The situation is currently under construction, is what we say now. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see the situation again, I guess. Um, <laughs> what was your first indication that this was like a bona fide um, kind of culture-shaking hit? You know, I don't know. 
It's funny you say that because when the show premiered, it wasn't like, I remember the network called me with the numbers and they were happy and I would cry. Mm. I was like, that's good. Like, I remember like that. (laughs) And then I remember everyone like just being in trouble all the time. Like, I remember us getting called going, you have to edit this out. The advertisers are pissed. We're in trouble. Advertisers are pulling out. And, you know, to Tony DeSanto's credit, he stuck with it and fought to keep it on the air because there was a lot of chatter about, like, do we pull this show? Because advertisers weren't happy. And as you know, you always have to please, you know, the advertising gods. But there was something to it being very MTV. Like, when I was a kid, you would walk into... My mom walked into the room and I had MTV on. That wasn't, like, positive, you know? Right. And MTV, you know, turned... it, It just needed to get that, like, cutting edge like in mtv introduced me to things that i didn't know about and that like your parents try and hide from you quite frankly and i felt like this was the first time it was a real window into what was happening right and i think that you know the fighting the hooking up all of that people like what the hell is going on but truth of the matter is that is what kids are doing yeah of course (laughs) it's not that like I mean, that was every weekend for us out there as, as like my own self, you know, that was real shit. But like, yeah. I think everybody's doing that. Like, I don't care if you're at the Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri, you're up in Saco, Maine. Yeah. Sammy holding the uh, red solo cup is like s- such a great example of like, yeah, everyone does this. And I think for the entire premiere, whenever she's in the house, she's holding a red solo cup. And I was like, girl, me too. I feel you. <laughs> yeah. It really was so, it was very real. Yeah, it is. And that's exactly how, you know, I grew up. So to me, I also wonder, do I have a false sense of what's good? Is this just something that is appealing to me? Because it's like, oh my God, this is my life. So we were having that moment of like, is this just going to work regionally? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Is this, is this really for everyone? You know, is this really something that's just interesting to me because I'm from here or is this going to have nationwide appeal? And then as we were shooting, you know, your uh, camera guy shifts the rover and all that kind of thing. And they they um, would put their cameras down and swap out with the other crews and not go home. <laughs> wow. They would just sit there. And then the producer shifts the be over and I'm like, dude, go home. You're on days. And they're like, I can't. I'm coming to the club tonight. We all became so obsessed. And then the tape started coming back to post and the editors were calling me going, what the hell are these people doing? I've never seen grown men dance like this. And I was like, dance like what? Like to me, it wasn't weird. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was so familiar to me. Totally. It was so familiar to me that it was kind of, you know, crazy. But to most people, they had never seen people dance, party and go out like that. And I just think this cast is special in a different way. Like they're unapologetic to America, to their family and to their friends. Like, and I think that speaks to the culture. Like if you're a real East coast Italian kid, you can do no wrong in your parents' eyes. (laughs) So that doesn't even come into play. Like, Oh, you know, you know, family pride and stuff. Sure. We're not out, you know, murdering people or we're not bad people, but if you're just out having a good time, your parents kind of celebrate it. Right. Yeah, of course. So it's interesting because everyone, like, you know, on every other show, like, even on The Bachelor and other shows that I've done, people the next day are like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that last night. These kids never had that. 
Right. They had no, so they had no remorse. Puking, yeah, it's a little bit more of a puke and rally mentality. Sure. Or like, wow, that was fucked up. All right, let's go. You know what I mean? And I was like, all right. But it's funny. I think that's what it's really like. Like, if you go out and do something silly and you're on a summer vacation, you don't spend three days worrying about what people are going to think. You're just like, well, that was crazy. And then on to day two. Yeah, you just move on. <laughs> yeah, um, also, they didn't have a lot to apologize for. I mean, they're partying, but like, so what? People do that. It looks different on different people. But like, it's not like they were like committing kind of like moral sins of any kind. No, they were doing what everybody does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, why did you decide that they should have a job at the shore store? Um, because those of us in for real in real life that went down there for, you know, I was a weekend warrior, right? So I only went down on the weekends because I worked during the week in the city. But like all my friends that went down there for the whole summer all had to get a job. Right. Who the hell has the money to not? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was most realistic. And then honestly, originally we're like, where are they going to work? Are they going to work at a pizza shop? Are they going to work at a nightclub? Are they going to work here? We were all over. And then, you know, we had a realtor showing us these houses and they were all showing us these really nice shore houses. And I'm like, this is not real. Like I would have never rented one of these places. I was always in a paneled up <laughs> shit pit for sure. I was like, my first shore house, we had one lamp that was 1999 from Ikea in the entire house. <laughs> and as we moved from room to room, we took it and plugged it in in that room. Like, we had no money. Um, I'm like, that's more realistic. So someone's like, well, there's this one house, but I didn't want to show it to you because I didn't think it was nice enough. And we walked into that house and I was like, this is home. And the truth of the matter is, the guy that owned that house, his name is Danny Merck. I like love him and worship him the world's nicest man in America. Um, he basically really owns the t-shirt shop. Amazing. The house and the t-shirt shop are back to back to each other. And what he would do was give kids reduced rent at the shore for the summer in exchange for working at the t-shirt shop. That is so funny. So that is really what was happening. Like 100%. So we're like, screw it. Let's do that then. If we wind up renting this house, Let's do it the way he really does it. So that was actually a true, you know, a true bit to how that really went down. We'll be right back with SA, but first let's talk about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. With three mattress models, the original Casper, the Wave, and the Essential, Casper mattresses are perfectly designed to soothe and cradle your natural geometry. Not to mention, the breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. It's delivered right to your door in a small how-do-they-do-that-sized box with free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada. But the best part is that you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. After all, you spend one-third of your life sleeping, so you should be comfortable. I have a Casper, and it's fantastic. It arrived wrapped up in one of those easy-to-bring-into-your-home boxes. I took it out. I should have done an unboxing video. It was so easy. Just put it on top of my bed frame, and after a short period of time, it expanded to its regular size. I love my bed. I try to be in as often as possible. It's a place I often do work. And, of course, watch The Bachelor. And if you would like to have a similar experience, get a Casper. If you do do it, get $50 off from select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash bachelor and using bachelor at checkout. Again, that's casper.com slash bachelor with the offer code bachelor for $50 off your purchase. Terms and conditions apply. 
Today's episode is also sponsored by Ben and Jerry's. Mooforia, people. Have you heard about it? If you're listening to this podcast, you probably have. Ben and Jerry's is known for creating quirky and unique flavor combinations complete with delicious chunks and swirls throughout. It's an indulgent experience, and it's meant to be. But now, with the new Mooforia, what I just mentioned, digging into a bowl of your favorite treat is even sweeter. At 140 to 160 calories per serving and less fat than regular ice cream, Mooforia is the lightest way to enjoy all the euphoria of Ben & Jerry's. It tastes so much better than other healthier or better-for-you frozen desserts, and it comes in three amazing flavors, including chocolate milk and cookies, which is made up of chocolate and vanilla swirls of chocolate chip cookies, caramel cookie fix, which features vanilla and salted caramel swirls with shortbread cookies, and PB dough, complete with gobs of chocolate chip peanut butter. Give it a try. Go to store.benjerry.com to have new Muforia light ice cream delivered to you. And now more with SA. I meant to ask you this before when you're talking about the cameramen. What were some of the other sort of like what else was like happening in the house that was really unique that that we didn't see necessarily on the show? Because I I know there must have been just so much footage to pick from, and um, oh, it's, it, it's a pretty expertly it was about six hundred hours to one. Oh my god, <laughs> that's crazy! And it was actually one week that I think the kids were so freaking tired and out of gas that we didn't use a frame of footage from an entire week, season one. Oh, my God. But it's like the first three episodes, like Angelina left in episode three, but that Mm -hmm. was actually day three. They came in that show so hot that we were like, what the hell? And I had never done a docuseries like in my life. So I was like, oh, my God, like, you know, they're going to go to bed. We're going to party a little bit. And then I was like, how are we going to get enough content? You know, I was used to like shows with elimination where you always had guaranteed content. And I was like, mm-hmm. what if they don't do anything? What if this? What if this? What if this? And then they came in. I'm like, well, there goes that fear. <laughs> do they have any hesitation around the camera? Like, I've heard it takes like a like a certain amount of time. Then you forget that they're gone. Do they have even like a waiting period? About 40 seconds. These guys about 40 <laughs> seconds. It's just amazing. I, it's incredible. <laughs> they just didn't care, but in a positive way. Yeah. By the way, but also one of the most respectful uh, cast to the crew I've ever seen. That's really they fascinating. They also understand that these guys are following them, where if, like, they're running ahead or something like that, it's funny. You you, you know, obviously, we edit around it and stuff, but it's funny. They're always like, you all right, man? Or, like, you know, <laughs> making sure that they'll, like, open the door. Yeah. Like, it's really interesting. Like, here, you go through. I'm going in there. And it's just like there's just a decency as a human. And I think it's because, you know, being a camera guy is an is for sure an art form. And their camera is about 50 pounds that they're hauling on their shoulders. Right. But also I think there's that level of respect because albeit it's a creative, you know, fancy Hollywood job, you know, it filters in the blue collar world that they're raised in and used to. Right. Right. So they looked at those guys like their peers. That's really awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. There's so many stories about um, reality stars just being like assholes. And that's awesome to hear. That's really cool. No, they, I don't know. It's funny. Like, even with these kids, like, you know, who has agents, who has managers, who has this, who has that? It's like, sure, they have to do their thing. But once all that stuff's over and they're back with us, it's like we're all human. Right. Because we all started together. It's like, you know, in the beginning, we like to joke around, but like they needed money for cigarettes and Gatorade for sure. So like, but we were the ones that were there with them. So now all of a sudden you can't pretend that you were like born Paris Hilton. Yeah. 
You know, it's funny that you bring up Paris Hilton because I was just rewatching the premiere and I was just shocked that in 2009, Angelina was like, I'm the Kim Kardashian of Staten Island. And I I didn't realize she had that much recognition already in 2009 because Keeping Up With The Kardashians was like fairly new then. But is that one of the reasons why you think Angelina didn't work out? Like, did she have almost like too much awareness of what it meant to be on television? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, that Kim Kardashian was a lot different than the one we look at today, huh? L- literally. Literally looks like, like a different person. Yeah, I just slept with Ray Jason. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, that was like, I was like, wow, that's actually quite early for her in the summer of 2009 to care about Kim Kardashian. I can only imagine how she feels now. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I don't think it was that. I think that, listen, none of us knew how big this was going to be. Yeah. No one knew it was going to turn into this this situation, but we had all committed to each other. We're going to give each other the summer. We're going to do this. We're going to give it a whirl. Right. And even for me, like, I didn't know that it was going to be the show that would have the same cast every year. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these shows each year, what happens in a summer house, you get different people, right? You know, and quite frankly, it works either way, but these kids were so amazing that I feel like everyone was in the same the same mindset. Like it wasn't even a big discussion. It's like, you guys want to go again? Let's go. And we just went. Right. Yeah, it's one of the first times that an ensemble cast like that that wasn't meant to be stuck. I know it is. It's wild. And then and then the relationships just became like very real. Like, it's funny to go back and see that see Sammy and um, Mike walking down the boardwalk holding hands. And you're like, guys, I wish we could tell you this is not going to last long. And like the, the, the most dominant romance will be like this fiery one that you don't even know is about to happen. Um and then, like, probably the most compelling relationship is Wow and Snooki. Like, their friendship's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. They all have such good friendships. It's insane. And it's also, like, behind the scenes. And listen, in any group of friends, right, you gravitate towards different people at different times in your life. Everybody serves a different purpose. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And um, these guys are no different. Yeah. You know? Um, how did you guys outfit the house? Because I think in in the first episode and really all of season one, the house itself became a character. Obviously, the duck phone was really important. But even like they began kind of eating together and cooking meals together right away. So did you like, out, and this is kind of like a really small question, but I was just curious, like, did you outfit the house with like their preferences or was it just sort of like a blanket, like we're putting in food for you guys to make pasta? Like, how did that, how did all the nitty gritty happen before you were so familiar with who these people were? Well, because they're, they're all the same. Like, I, I just had a Guido alive. That's not having dinner together with people on Sunday. Love them or hate them. You're sitting down, you're eating a meal. It's going to involve pasta. It's going to involve chicken of some sort, whether it be parm, masala, or, you know, whatever else. But, like, I mean, it's not that complicated, okay. you know, in that sense. So we just basically put in the house what we would eat. Sure. And, like, the other girl that was doing the show with me is a girl named Pamela Lalima. Um, so the two of us were like, oh yeah, you need this. We need fresh mozzarella. We need this. We need that. And when they got in there, you know, we stocked it. We always make sure they don't walk into an empty house. I mean, just as humans, you know, but then they have grocery money and every week they went out and bought and what they went out and bought was really just more of what we already had. But every family just makes a different version of the same thing. It's uh, that's like one of the also really charming parts about about them is they like immediately became like the name of the episode is a new family and they really did become that so quickly. It was really, you know, and I think what people forget is and, you know, Nicole and I talk about it all the time, but it's like 
you know, I'm like, Snooks, you wanted to fucking go home. Everybody was not into Nicole. Everyone wanted to kill her. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, this one. But then it goes back to that same thing of like, you can screw with me, but don't screw with my friends or family. Right. And it's like that night in the bar, that horrible thing that no one saw coming, that rando guy. It's Nicole. And then what? They all rally Everybody around Everybody rallies. Yeah. And then she became, they were all like, well, geez, we don't hate this girl, <laughs> you know? And think about that. Like, that's like high school, college stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's one girl in your dorm or in your high school that no one's into, but then God forbid something happens to her. Everybody wants to show up and like have a fundraiser. Yeah, totally. And it's, and that's, and that's real life because at the end of it, the other stuff is just petty. Did you have to coax any of like the, the taglines out of them? Like there's just so many, like the, the cabs are here, GTL. Um, beat that well, beat. Cavs are here. Cavs are here was really, you know, just the Cavs are here. Yeah. Like we'd, sometimes they'd be there and we'd be like, guys, the Cavs are here. And <laughs> Polly would always yell it and mock us. And that's like, it just stuck. And then it just, Polly just made it a thousand times better. We were using it like, dude, the cars are just like, get in the fucking car. You know what I mean? <laughs> Polly made it into what it was. But GTL for us was rough because, mm. B- GTL for us was rough because, um, we were sitting there in the first couple of days, like every day they want to go out, right? Like no one wants to go to the beach. No one wants to do anything. Every day they're like, I want to go to the gym. I want to go tanning. I want to go laundry. And we have this board that we keep of like what producer in what vehicle with what cast member goes where. And every day we're writing gym tanning laundry. And I remember being in the, ho- you know, in the control. I'm like, how am I going to make a show about kids going to the gym tanning and laundry? Like, what is this? <laughs> And by the way, who gets their laundry done every day? Like, get a hamper, bring your clothes in once a week. These kids could not stand it, but it's also because, you know, living at home with their mom, every day their mom could clean the clothes. Right. And that's culturally, that's how it goes down. That's an amazing one. That's really, I mean, it's so true. Like, I do laundry as little as possible, like maybe every other week. I mean, it, it, every day. That's wild. That's so much work. That's every, too much work. So we would sit there and we got sick of writing Jim Tanning Laundry. So people started writing on the board in the control room, GTL. So we sat in the interview and we're like, all right, let's talk about what is it with all this GTL? And they're like, what's GTL? And we were like, Jim Tanning Laundry. And then they were like, what? And then it just kind of stuck. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a good it one. It was our like acronym for what they were doing. And then like, it became like a thing. Come on. Um, did anyone, uh, who was not officially in the cast come to regret appearing in an episode and like, did they flip out? Like, did anyone be like, why didn't, I don't know what I was signing up for when I signed the release. Cause, um, I imagine no one was like really clear on what was happening when, in, before season one aired. Well, no one was clear on how big it was going to become. I mean, there are always people with regrets, but also it's, uh, it's not like, um, People know that they're on camera. They're right. not hitting cameras. And in order to get in that house, they go through quite a lengthy process to get in. What's the process? It's a, it's a, I mean, it's a long thing. They sign a lot of forms. They give up their, you know, phones, this, that. I mean, you know, there's cameras everywhere. We don't want them to record things and put them out. You know, they, they have their IDs checked. We have an outside right. service, just like a bar with all the machines to check their IDs and whatnot. Right. Cool. Um, plus, you know, field sobriety. We don't let people in the house that are inebriated because that's not fun. Right. Um, also, I, th- I feel like in 2009, it just was obviously cell phones were a little bit different. It wasn't like the kind of like constant self-broadcasting. So 
I feel like that it would be really different now if you tried to do the same thing. I mean, for so many reasons. But do you think that like a Jersey Shore could take off in the same way again? What do you mean? Um, I just feel like either we just got like these eight celebrities that we weren't expecting all at one time. And like maybe like one was like, a little bit more famous than the other. But do you think it would be possible for sort of like a group, like almost like a family to become famous this way? Like so quickly because even like the Kardashians has taken them a long time to get to where they are like it's taken like 10 years and I just feel like they became these like just international celebrities so fast well it was the first time you know what I mean so I think that was fresh to everyone um but I mean who knows yeah I I mean I don't think it can't be done again will it be done exactly the same I'm not sure yeah but I mean, if you would have asked me if this would have happened the first time, <laughs> I would have betted 100% against it. <laughs> yeah, I, it's so amazing. Do do people ask you if you were involved in True Life in the two episodes related with, with um, Share Houses? Yeah, I was not. Yeah, you was, was that um, part of VH1 coming to you? Like, were they interested in, in that? Like, had they seen that no, or was it totally I, I separate? Don't, I don't think it had anything to do with that. I mean, the two people at VH1, Anthony and Shelly, both Guidos. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Sure. I don't think it was based on that. And again, it wasn't MTV. You know, it would have been one thing if it was like started up at MTV, but it's not. Right. Um, what was the biggest difference in chain in shooting the first episode of Jersey Shore Vacation that's coming next week um, compared to just when you started the show altogether? I'm sure there's a lot of things that are quite different. You know what? I think the biggest changes were behind the scenes. Mm. When they showed up, the amount of love there was between the crew and the cast. And the security guards, like just everyone, we actually said afterwards, we regretted it, not shooting a behind the scenes of everyone getting there Mm. because it really was like a giant family getting back together. That makes me really happy to know. (laughs) It's like very sweet. Everyone was so excited to see everyone else. Like it really was something. Yeah. It's like, oh, look at you. You got a little gray in your beard. Like we were all like teasing, but like siblings, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, do they still want to do their laundry every day? Yes, they do. That is amazing. Just incredible. I hope none of them ever live in a desert environment. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. I'm like, you guys, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, what's the sort of the biggest thing that was left out of the premiere that you wish had made it in? Which, the original one? Yeah, the original. I don't think anything, but it, I mean, we had episode one in the can six hours in. Oh my God. I mean, those kids moved in and like, you know, Nicole's trying to dial the phone and then we're like good to go. Amazing. <laughs> the duck phone is they so infamous. It's so hot. It's amazing. But also, like, I think the audience no longer, like, if you think about it, we spent a lot of time in their background packages. Yeah. Like getting to know them in the top. Mm-hmm. As we're now, it's funny when you're making these shows, everyone's like, just get them in the house. Just get them in the house. Right. There's very little setup. The character development now comes later. And I think that's because, you know, the audience is for sure a little bit less patient. Yeah. I, lo- I love a good prologue and epilogue on a, on a reality show, though. Like, when a, when a season ends, I love the update on what everyone's up to. Like, I like I feel like I have to know what they're doing now. I get so attached. <laughs> it's more, like, and also it's just sort of a more traditional storytelling arc that I think... Um, when it works, it really works. And there was obviously so much material that it made sense to do that with the show. Yeah, no, totally. But you were also introducing a world. Right. And it was a new style of show. Like, there wasn't a show really like this before either. It set up, like, where they were going, why they were going, who was going, what, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, it is really true. There wasn't, 
it, 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 um, you mentioned it at the top, but like it was such an inverse of the typical real world style that people had come to think of, I think, as like. It was literally the exact opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for all of the reasons that you said, like, that's one of the reasons why it worked. Because like there's like actually like, a level of comfort that they get to right away. So you're seeing people in their comfort zone, not in their discomfort zone, basically. Right. Totally. Which is cool. Um, who was like your favorite person that got added to the show along the way? Bar aside from Dina, but like the kind of the, the characters that came along. Um, like I'm, I'm oh, I don't know. I'm so fond of Roger. I'm so happy he and Jenny are still together. I always really liked him. <laughs> I just want was there someone who you're like, ah, oh, this is a great addition for the show? No, I don't know. I think everybody added something. In their own way, everybody did a solid and everybody added something. But um, I don't know. I don't know who I would say. <laughs> um, what should? What's the most exciting part about the vac- of um, the reunion in Jersey Shore Vacation? Like, what were you most excited to see play out all these years later? Um, just the entire thing. Like, <laughs> honestly, there's not one thing. Um, Do they get uh, to keep their phones? No. Did they have like time they could call their kids? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And they have like iPads and stuff in the house so mm. they could like FaceTime and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I mean, they had they had full access. I mean, mm. these guys have families and stuff. Obviously, yeah. they had full access whenever they need it. Right. That's so that's so fascinating. Um, are they able to stay out as late? Yeah. Oh, my God. As I said, they go out, they party just as hard. They just don't recover as well. <laughs> Too familiar with that, unfortunately. <laughs> Which is also very fun to watch. Yeah, I bet. Oh, my God. Even more Gatorade necessary in the house. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really funny. You'll see some stuff that, like, for sure I've not seen before on TV that is hilarious. Oh, I'm really excited then. Um, Sally Ann, thank you so much for your time. I think I, you're thank just, you. you're just thank inc- you for all incredibly your generous. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you have just been so generous with, with your time, and I, I truly appreciate it. Uh, I'm such a big fan, so this has been a thrill. No worries. Thank you so much. And um, we'll talk to you as things uh, progress. Yeah, thank you. Have a good day. For more about Jersey Shore, go to bestTV.theringer.com. That's our list of the 100 greatest episodes of television of the century so far. I wrote about Jersey Shore at number 14 and quite a bit more. We've also got Survivor on there. We've got The Bachelor on there. We've got some Vanderpump on there. There's punks. Reality TV fans, I think you'll be pleased. So often you're overlooked, but not by The Ringer. Thanks to Sally Ann for coming on today's episode and for bringing such a great show into the world. And of course, thank you to Ben and Jerry's. They are known for creating euphoric ice cream with quirky and unique flavor combinations and delicious chunks of swirls throughout. And now with the new Muforia flavors, digging into a bowl of your favorite treat is even sweeter because at 140 to 160 calories per serving, Muforia is the lightest way to enjoy all the Euphoria of Ben & Jerry's, available in three amazing flavors, including chocolate milk and cookies, caramel cookie fix, and PB dough. Try them all. Go to store.benjerry.com to have the new Muforia light ice cream delivered to you. And also thanks to our friends at Hotel Tonight. If you love scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels, you'll love Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight partners with hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, helping you find sweet deals at cool top-rated hotels. Even though their name's Hotel Tonight, you can also book in advance for spontaneous weekend getaways, staycations, three-day weekends, road trips, business bookings, and more. It's easy. Book hotels in 10 seconds and just three taps and a swipe. Get the Hotel Tonight app now to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels. That's Hotel Tonight, the only booking app you need.